mean, I, I think it's everywhere today, isn't it? I think we can't not now. We're now we're officially cricket podcasters. We yeah, have we to are. Discuss the spirit, the spirit of, cricket. of cricket at the moment. Yep, everyone is. So I don't. Want to I agree. On, don't want to dwell on it for too long, but we'll no. both you know say our two cents about what happened. We all know what incident it will be. Um. So yeah, if you if you perhaps you, you take it away and tell me what you thought of it all. And then I also quite wanted to try and come at it from a village perspective. Have we seen any terrible bits of sportsmanship? Uh, yeah, I have. That we weren't involved in? No. <laughs> <laughs> what, did, what did you think about it, first of all, mate? I didn't, I didn't have a problem with it. I thought it was a really clever bit of play from the Aussies. I, uh, I'm a bit, bit worried that I'm gonna have to go into hiding for being pro Aussie in the midst of the ashes. But I thought it was a clever bit of play from Carey. Bearstow shouldn't have walked out of his crease. If Carey was stood up to the stumps, Bearstow wouldn't have walked out of his crease. So. Fair play to the Aussies. I don't think you can have it both ways and say that the Stark catch, well, the Stark catch wasn't a catch and that Bearstow also wasn't out. I thought the reaction from the MCC members was really bad, given that they are the arbiters of the laws of cricket, that they then boo people who play to the line of the law they weren't disrespectful at any point. Just felt like a bit of a storm in a teacup. Yeah, it was a close game, and you don't see the that dismissal, the, that mode of dismissal, very often. But it it's perfectly legitimate within the the laws of the game. And uh, personally, I didn't have too much of a problem with it. What did you think? Um. Well, I don't think there's anybody that's saying it's not out. I mean, actually, I did. I did hear. I was listening to Five Live today, and they had um, a. I can't remember his name. He's a South African first-class umpire, and he he's the only oh. person I've yeah. And he said he's the only person I've heard say he didn't think it's going out. And he claimed it's because he thought Care. He he said it looked like Carey was just throwing the ball back to the bowler. <laughs> Which is just utter dross. That's an interesting perspective that I haven't heard anybody say. Just, no, I, I think Carey, I, I agree with you. I mean, Carey did two things that I thought was exceptionally clever that I've never seen a keeper stand down the leg side like he did to get rid of Duckett. I thought that was genius. Um, that was that, I've never seen a keeper do that. That was really smart. And then, yeah, he just watched Johnny walk out of his ground three times in a row straight away afterwards. But, and yeah, he reacted straight away. Yes, technically it's out. But to me, it just, what's the difference between that and a man card to me? Um, and, and another thing that really annoyed me is the Aussies used the example, um, whoever was on commentary on, on Sky, maybe Ponting, said it, oh, it's just like the, the de Grandon one from last year. And it wasn't because de Grandon came out of his ground. He tracked. He started out of his crease, walked down the pitch, hit it straight to Pope at backward point, and Pope threw down the stumps before he put his bat back. That was completely different. That wasn't. He, he advanced down the wicket to play the ball, so he gained an advantage and didn't get back quickly enough. Whereas Johnny was 
inside his crease, facing yet another bumper, ducked it, scratched, walked out. Yes, it's clever use of the... It's very, very clever cricket from Australia and Kerry did it immediately. I think it's it's really good from him. Um, but also then you... Stokes, it's very easy to be in Ben Stokes's position and say, I would have withdrawn the appeal. Ashes on the line, would you? Wow, would I? I, I think I, I don't everyone, think I would have, everyone, because I think it's within like the laws. Yeah, I, I, I think, think it's within the laws. And also, they they felt hard done by with the Stark catch the night before. So I think you have to put that in the thought blender of it all i get that ben stokes might think it's a bit grubby maybe is that is that a bad word to use to describe it but it's the perfect word to use to describe it i think you could also say it's smart It, it is smart it is smart but it's definitely grubby i mean there was no um it was just taking advantage of a of a circumstance rather than any false shot or good bowling or good fielding yeah okay yeah Kerry hit the stumps but <laughs> I mean that, that, that's not that shouldn't be enough to you know to get that okay I, I, what I will also say is I, I don't think it, it impacted the result at all I think I actually think it probably made the game closer because yeah. Ben Stokes was angry well, Brody, I mean, it added to the theatre. I mean, Brody was I love Brody. on fire yesterday with, I love his, him. with his chat. Um, what and, a man. And that really added to it. And, and it made me, you know, it, it really, it wound a lot of people up. Um, and it, and I, I think Stokes probably would have, if, if Johnny had nicked off behind, I think Stokes still would have gone exactly the same. He his flip his switch got flipped by it's just Brody Brody Robinson Tongue and Anderson now I've got to do this on my own Biff mode um, engaged I've got a Biff you know so I think and I think he was cool I don't think he I don't think it sort of riled him up to the extent that it did to Broad and the others I loved Brody antagonising the Aussies it was brilliant wasn't it it's was absolutely brilliant. And he knew that he was winding them up. And a few, I've seen a few people say, how can Stuart Broad say this? And they've just bitten. And it's brilliant. I love it. It's just all part of, it's just part of what an Ashes series should have. It, a few people have said it's been a bit friendly. To me, it's felt a bit like the Commonwealth Games of Ashes series. Very friendly, very pat on the back oh that was a really good shot well done your whites are really clean oh it, it i like your like wicket keeping games. gloves and all of yeah this. it is a bit like the Commonwealth games isn't it you know um i think it's good to have a bit more niggle it, in it, it, it i like it bit of edge the, all the friendliness is gone now it is only edge um I mean, you're, you're right with that. The friendliness has gone. Do you think the umpires asked Pat Cummins if he wanted to withdraw his appeal? Do you think they do that with a man cad or something unusual like that? Or do you they, think they just go with it? They can't do that. The umpires have to remain completely impartial and just administer the laws. So even if it's a good or a bad decision, I think that's what the spirit of cricket is actually about, 
is respecting the decision. Mm, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. And, and I think talking again of the spirit of cricket, I mean, you were you were talking about the Lords, the MCC members being out of order as the lawmakers of the game, but they are also the custodians of the spirit of cricket, aren't they? I thought there was a lack of spirit of cricket shown by the MCC members. Yeah, well, what I thought they would do Ironically. is just sort of turn their backs on the Aussie players as a collective. That would be a very MCC thing to do, wouldn't it? Not not boo, not sort of, but show your dis- displeasure by just refusing to clap or turning your back to them. Uh, Make them open the gate themselves. Maybe there's something in sort of the MCC members' handbook that tells you how to react in these situations, how to show displeasure um, correctly. Um, I'm sure it's in there. I just thought the way that they reacted was the exact opposite of what the spirit of cricket is about. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's only because of the setting, isn't it? I mean, if that was anywhere else... I mean, think about the, the the sheer level of abuse that England players receive at the Gabba, whack, oh, at any Australian ground. Is it Bay Eleven? Where's even Bay in, Eleven? Even in, even in Hobart, um, Bay Eleven. It's a Gabba, isn't it? I think the the Gabba is the one that they really don't like. Um, but all of it, I think, you know, even yeah, even those little ones like Hobart and Darwin, they still get abuse there. Um, it's only because it's it's only because it's laws. But if you want to be a member of something with a thirty-year waiting list, you've got to wait for someone to die before you can take their place. Um, you, you need to show the right levels of respect. I would suggest. I'm surprised they were all awake. To be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um. Here's a thought, Marshy. Um. Mm. What if instead of happening at Lords, it had happened to Edgebaston? And let's pretend that instead of having to walk off into the nice Edgebaston Pavilion, you had to walk through the Hollies. You had to walk up the stairs of the Hollies to Imagine get to the that. Aussie dressing room. Imagine it would have been horrendous. Yeah, but imagine, imagine... Pints would have been thrown. Punches would have been thrown, depending but... how late in the day it was. Yeah, it would have been dangerous. So it's probably good that it happened at Lord's. Yeah. I mean, but imagine putting the Aussie dressing room in the middle of the Hollies. Oh, that would be... That's a good shout, tactically. Good, wouldn't it? Because you used to hear about the fire alarms that would get set off in the hotels in the middle of the night. Yeah. But putting the Aussie changing room in the midst of the Hollies, that would be quite special. Do you think it would be better to have the England changing room in the middle of the Hollies so they're properly, like, ramped up? Depends how the game's going. Yeah, maybe switcheroo, depending Mm. on it. I'd Um, love to know what Murray thinks. Well, he he gave it out, didn't he? But what he thinks about it. Mm. Do we know anybody that knows of Murray or a friend of a friend of Murray's? Maybe we could get him on the pod. Well, he does have the music, his own music. What What do you think of the music? Oh, outstanding! So I it is. It. We, I only use it because it's a preset on the on the app, and it's, it's called, called Murray. Murray. Perfect. So perfect. Cricket. Perfect fit. Yeah. Good. So, Marshy, tell me. Let's talk about some. Well, let's talk about the Lord's Test first of all. 
Um, if I was to, do we need to say any more than I think England bottled it? No, I, I don't think that's that's fair. I think maybe not bottled, but sorry, I'll take that back. They threw it away. No, I, I disagree. I mean, look at the. I mean, unfortunately, I was playing during the start of, our, of the final innings on Saturday, so I, I didn't see. Same. I didn't sit down and watch it. But, you know, Pope got an absolute snorter. The missile. Same for, you know, Root got a pretty good ball, didn't he? You know, and then, and then it looked like it was on yesterday and Duckett, Duckett just gloved a bounce. You know, it happens to anyone. And if Kerry hadn't been really smart, I mean, that was an amazing grab as well. You know, Broad it was saying, an outstanding catch. Broad saying all Kerry's going to be remembered for is that. I mean, I would also, I mean, he's going to be, he will always forever be the person that did that. In my eyes, you know, stood down the leg side and took that absolute screamer to get rid of Duckett. I quite um, like Carey, if I I'm like, honest. I, I, I see him as one of the most likable Australians. Yeah, I quite like Carey. A lot of the Aussies are as, all right. After Jake the Snake, who's our favourite Australian. <laughs> yeah, of course. But a, a lot of the Aussies are right. I mean, the only ones I really, really don't like are Warner and probably just because of how good they are Smith and Kawa, um Smith and Labashane. I mean I, I I'll never like David Warner but yeah and then the rest the rest are just all right this the, the bowlers are really good I mean Nathan Lyon I, I love to hate him because he's so he's so Aussie isn't he but he's got he is gr- so Aussie and he looks like he, he looks like he he doesn't necessarily look like a thoroughbred professional athlete either and it gives it gives people hope, which I like. Yeah, he does look like he get picked last in PE. I've got a question for you, Marshy. Yeah. If that incident at Lords had happened up and down the country on a Saturday in a non-international game, so a game that doesn't have DRS available or TV replays available, what do you think the outcome would that? that would have been i think it would have probably been given not out because of the timing of the whole uh, when he threw the stumps down yeah i, I if think if he was at his crease i think if it had been at our standard so with players umpiring we wouldn't really have known what to do i don't think i don't think i would have i wouldn't have known properly what to do i, I think if i'd been at square leg I would have, no- if I'd, especially if I'd noticed, I mean, to be honest, end of the over, probably started walking. To- you were probably uh, checking the international score on your phone already, weren't you? Possibly. I mean, I was fielding a square leg a lot on Saturday because I didn't get very many runs. Um, so, um, I, don't, I can't see that being given out in a village game. No, I, I don't think it would be. I remember when we withdrew an appeal. We have, we've got, We've got um, history. We've got form form for this. Um, So it was certainly an interesting tactic. Um, I was bowling um, sort of round the wicket at the right-handers' pads, darts. And because I didn't really trust you in the ring, you put a lid on and you went in at short leg. Um, And I think it was like the second ball, maybe. It just hit. I mean, the guy was nowhere near it. pretty much padded up didn't he he was a long a long it, way away I, don't, I think he might have even just padded it away yeah and it hit sort of the top top flap of his pad above the knee roll it pitched way outside leg 
and then sort of like rolled up his thigh and you caught it. And we were just so happy that you'd caught the ball in there. We sort of celebrated and you went, yay, and threw the ball. And Bongo, bless him, because obviously this was Countess Weir, panicked and just triggered him. Um, nobody appealed or anything and the guys looked a bit incredulous and we had to sort of shout bongo down and go no 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 no. we're, we're not appealing um it was a joke appeal really wasn't it, it but it wasn't yeah it wasn't even a joke i think we were just really happy that you caught the ball because it looked it looked like good cricket didn't it because it, it went, was it, it went was an insight into good cricket for us it wasn't sharp but it was like a plan working and it was it was really exciting we'd executed it executed plan apart from that he didn't hit his gloves um and it sort of it was just really satisfying to see and so we got excited and, the chaps, and then we withdrew the, it and we brought and he, but he started walking off and we brought him back very um, begrudgingly walking off but he didn't moan or he didn't complain he just looked he, despairingly he, and well, he then just, he then got very worried about christ if, if that's the standard of umpiring i've got i could be in trouble um yeah yeah, but we did call him back. Called which him is back. We did the, the right thing. thing to have done, and it wasn't a disrespectful callback. It was a very cordial and well mannered event. No, we, we were laughing while doing it. No, 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 come on, like we know you're not out type thing. Um, so I think you know that's a very different thing because that guy wasn't out, whereas Johnny was out. Um. But you know, it, it, it proves that it is possible to call someone back. Absolutely. Um, so if you're listening, Pat Cummins, <laughs> well, we'll have a think about that. I was watching the 2020 yesterday. 2020. Um, and uh, I'd like to have a big shout out to Somerset for becoming the first side to win 12 out of 14 in the in the blast group um ever so big that's some record in 2020 isn't it Seriously. that's really outstanding 12, 12 out of 14 in the group stage um let's just hope we sort of take it through to knots on friday yeah so all the best for friday to somerset i can't imagine any of you will listen to this or certainly not in time but best luck anyway um, not that you'll need it looking imperious at the moment but what i noticed was that ian blackwell um, once again was umpiring at Somerset and Ian Blackwell is one of my county legends I, I, I love him um, so I saw him playing when I was about I was about nine and Somerset were playing against Callington at Callington as part of Rob Turner who was a Somerset keeper for a very long period of time part of his testimonial year they're playing up there and towards the end of the game Blackwell was just lying down fielding at long off towards the rope because that's where closest uh, where it's closest to the bar and he was getting people to bring him out pints of cider while he lay down on the floor <laughs> what a fantastic <laughs> during, human during the game which was just excellent i mean he was he was super really great bloke as well i remember going to i think it was somerset northampton something last game of the season again maybe a couple of years later and they were sort of throwing their kit off the edge of the balcony and stuff. And Blackwell came and saw, like, he tried to give his stuff to the young lads, you know. And I was one of the young lads at the time. He gave me, gave me a pair of his gloves. So I got a pair of Ian Blackwell's old gloves upstairs. Have and you still got them? I do, I do. I've still got one upstairs, yeah. Um, one? Got, what did you do yeah, the other one? Don't know. Don't know where the other one is. But it's the left-handed one, so it's the most important one for him. Um, but again, a little bit sidetracked with, with little stories about Ian Blackwell. But it got me thinking... Um, 
you know, I was quite, I'm not surprised he was umpiring. Obviously, he knows a lot about the game. Um, but he always seems to umpire something. And I thought, well, what else could he do? Could he maybe have a position in a shop on, I think I've decided it's called Absolute Road. Um, I like it. Absolute Road. Um, so we, we, we went and visited Graham Swan's branch of Phones for You with Callum Parkinson and, and Rayon Ahmed in there working for him. Um, and I think Ian Blackwell used to own the butcher shop. Do you know what? We haven't discussed this, but I was just about to say works in the butchers. He, I mean, imagine him in one of those little hats, those little white hats and a, a blue and white stripy apron. I mean, that is him all over, isn't it? A hundred percent. But absolutely. He's got a wonderful display of cheeses, pork pies. Then he's got some prime cuts of steak, more sausages than you can wave a finger at. It's a great butcher's shop. Bit of a sausage specialist, I think, actually, Blackwell. Blackwell's sausage specialists. I think he's he's got a hearty sausage. Maybe a black pudding in there. Blackwell pudding. Blackwell maybe. pudding. Blackwell pudding. Blackwell. He's put his own little spin on it. Maybe put a, you know, maybe oh, put his own spin on it, it, if you'll pardon the pun. Exactly. All working well here. Um, so, yeah, I think he's there. And 100%. I think, I think Blackwell's there. And I Does think... he also sell some home-brewed cider? Um, his own... Maybe some scrumpy. Couple of, he's got some, like, some of those... Um, like oh, what are they made of? Like those sort of porcelain jugs. You know what I mean? Those sort of like um, beige and brown. Jugs I know the with ones a, that with you a mean. Cork in the top. Look like a very large milk jug. Yeah, look like a, yeah, one of them. Black Blackwell's finest. Sort of and you pour it out, and it's glowing, glowing orange. Little little tiny bits in there. A few bits of straw floating around in there. Yeah, I th- I think he's got that down the front. Sort of maybe with some eggs as well. Eggs and a little straw basket down the front next to those. Hundred. Sort of just like round it out, make it a three course meal type thing. Um, and then and what would the what would the butchers be called? Blackwell's chops. Um. Or what about prime cuts of meat? No, prime, because that's it, just what a butcher's. What about black prime, cuts, prime cuts? Prime cuts, cuts and and he and he's and he's he's tried to put a little homage to the cricket with the cuts, and he, he's put it. You know, maybe he thought about putting some little um, inverted commas over it, and he, he sort of changed his mind halfway through. So sort of just you know, he's just rubbed it out a bit, but he's not quite decided if he wants them or not. So they're they're sort of there, they're sort of scrubbed out. Because he's not sure if it's a good idea or not. Yeah, he's a bit like me. Back, he's backtracked on it. Wasn't sure if he'd been on the homebrew too much when he thought about it. Um, I couldn't agree more with you on it. I think, I think he's well placed in the butchers. Yeah, and I think, and I know in the last episode, I said that I thought Zach Crawley had no place on the high street and he would be working in a corporate environment. But he looks so much like a butcher's boy, doesn't he? He does a bit, actually. He's got his really rosy cheeks, that sort of very fresh-faced, you know, do what he's told. He'll listen. He'll listen to Blackie, and he'll train him up. Um, I th- I think Zach Crawley's maybe in there, certainly on you know on summer holidays from school. 
working in Uncle Ian's shop. Um, and then more importantly... I think I, they do a good trade. I'd I go think, in there. Yeah. And I think as well that Blackie originally set it up with a partner. And I think that partner was Mark Cosgrove, who used to play for Leicestershire. Do you remember Mark Cosgrove? Yep, I do. I think they originally started it out as sort of like a joint venture, but the customers took a bit better to Blackwell and, and Zach, and they sort of, they didn't really like Cosgrove too much, and they sort of marginalised him, so they took him off the branding and they've shoved him out the back. So he does... But he does, does he a, make the pies? He does a lot of the work. So well, he does a lot of the... I think he does a lot of the, the meat cutting. I think he does a lot of the dirty work, Cosgrove. And he's not very happy about it. Can see him out the back, sort of, you know. Would you say he's the boner? Awful bits all over his all over his um, apron, smoking a fag out the back. Not very happy about it, I think. Still produce great quality sausages, though. I, I, does a great job, you know. Knows what he's doing. High quality produce. But he's... he's he, he, he dreamt of it being more of a of a joint venture with Blackwell, and he, he wants a bit of the limelight for himself. I don't know that much about Cosgrove. It seems like you've got something against him, but no, I don't think I've ever met. I, I've certainly never met Mark Cosgrove, and I don't think I've ever heard him speak um, or know anything about him. I'm just basing this purely on what he looks like, and I also think Ollie Pope could be a but butcher's boy yeah he could yeah he could ollie pope could be a butcher's boy definitely he'd be really cheerful he might have done like the deliveries on a bike if it was in that's a, the one he could do like a little whistle as he goes around i think i think crawley would be more in the shop and pope i think crawley would be, would be on a penny farthing <laughs> you've got this real impression of zach crawley being born in the 1850s haven't you absolutely i mean he does he does look he does have a face that comes out of oliver twist but yeah, something it, there. It's it's certainly. But I think I think he's in there. I think I, th- I think I'm, I'm very pleased. Let's lock him in. Blackwell's Blackwell's Black prime cuts of meats. Blackwell's prime cuts of meats. Um, because uh, yeah, they sell I, a good pasty so. as well, don't they? Yeah, they'll do. They'll do all of those. All of those. Bit like the one at the end of your road. You know, they've got that, that lovely sort of meat, extra meat products. You know, that's what you want from bit, a butcher's bit, bit of bacon going on in the background so they can they can here's one i made earlier you know they've got the pa- the pasty they've got the sausage rolls they've got the scotch eggs scotch and, eggs are an cosgrove sorting them all out in the back you know i think black i think cosgrove does a lot of the hard work and blackwell sort of adds the spice blackwell spends a lot of time brewing cider Bre- brewing cider but a lot of time with the customers cultivating a um a nice rapport with the customers doing a bit, I love it. Doing a bit of promo out on the high street, getting them in. Yeah. I think he does a bit of that. It's a good shout. It's yeah. a really good shout. Nice. If our listeners have any thoughts they would like to share with us. Um, please get in touch. Um, via. Um, I, speak, I think there must be. No, 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 you can speak to if you, if you, um, download or, or please do follow this podcast on spotify um you can get in touch with us through there you can uh, send us in any questions if you want us to do something um i can't imagine you will but if you do let us know um if you tell us to stop we will just carry on doing them anyway 
I was going to say the questions they'll probably ask are why would I want to listen to more of this? Yeah, I'm sure there'll be lots of abuse on there, but that's okay. And that's okay. That's okay. It's about generating debate. Um, cool. <laughs>